How do we do this again? Hey, pig poopers. Welcome to Flooping the Pig. Oh, hey, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to Flooping the Pig. Probably the second to last time ever, sadly. Or not, depending on if you just listen to this compulsively. I'm Brad Garoon, and I'm here with Justin Houston and Kevin Ford. What's up, Kevin? Hello, Brad. What's up with you? Whoa, you sound really excited to be here. Not much. (laughs) I'm Um, excited to be here. Cool. Same old, uh, except that I just watched... um, together again for the second time justin what's going on with you uh i was also i was uh giving it a, a bit of a rewatch uh, as well i mean there's another one after this so it won't necessarily be the i don't know if you said the last time or the next to last time but, uh, i said second to last he did oh okay yeah. all right good uh which is weird we'll talk about that um i, mean, I know why it's happening uh but it's uh it's unusual because there's a this definitely feels like uh like the end right well and, and the why it's happening is not interesting which is unfortunate but um yeah. but yeah kevin why don't you take us through together again from distant land yeah i will so this actually starts like a very classic adventure time episode you get the the old opening and the title card and it leads to this adventure finn and jake gotta save lsp and turtle princess from ice king who wants to marry one of them then they go help Turtle Princess fight off worms for eating her, her library. And then things get real weird when they end up back at their treehouse. And we see this grave that Jake melts into. And, and then the headstone turns into rest in peace, Jake. And we learn that this is actually a hallucination from Finn in one of the dead worlds as he is dead. Uh, there's a dream parasite that made him think all this stuff. But him being dead for him is good news because now he gets to reunite with Jake. He meets up with Mr. Fox, who's now a guide to the Dead Worlds. And uh, we actually learn in the Dead Worlds, you can appear as any version of yourself from the past. So Finn transforms into like his baby version, even Shoko would go, which is really cool. And then he decides to go with the, his teen version of himself, which he feels is his uh, most consistent. So Mr. Fox tells him that him and Jake are in separate Dead Worlds and that any reassignments to Dead Worlds are made by the new death. And so now they got to go find New Death's castle, and they also find Tiffany, who's now a guard working for New Death. Uh, and he tells him that Jake is in the 50th Dead World, and Finn's been assigned to the 37th. And so Finn subverts Tiffany to try to talk to this New Death, telling him he needs to see Jake. But this New Death is doesn't care, wants to get rid of the Dead Worlds and do away with the idea of reincarnation. So he tries to attack New Death and gets thrown out, but then he sees Tiffany with this harmonica that he plays that transfers him to a, any dead world he wants, and he baits Tiffany into a hug so he can steal it and begins his journey to try and find Jake. So he stops at a bunch of different dead worlds, like the 30th one, which Tree Trunks and Mr. Pig, one that involves a food chain. The first dead world has Choose Goose and many others stuck in like this mud, and then New Death sends Tiffany to the 45th dead world where Finn is currently And that's also where Joshua, Margaret, and Jermaine are living now. Uh, Tiffany 
blows up that dead world and Finn is that he's like floating in space, cries out that he needs Jake. And then here comes Jake from the 50th dead world in this very Zen demeanor, uh, saying that Finn's vibes made him come and check him out. And new death reveals that he did all this on purpose because he couldn't get access to the 50th dead world. And now he can, and he ends up destroying it. So everyone ends up down in dead world one in the mud, but we do see that Tiffany took mercy upon Joshua, Margaret and Jermaine and even gave them some cake. So Finn and Jake then make a ghost call to the outside world to Peppermint Butler, who connects them to the realm of life. And we learn that life is the mother of New Death, and she was planning to leave New Death alone in the dead worlds until in the act of reincarnating, they realized that New Death was taking that away. So she instead gives them the kiss of life, which is like this staff sword that can defeat death. And Tiffany decides to help them out, sneaking them into Death's castle disguised as Shoko and Shoko's tiger. And they both hit death with the kiss of life staff, but it doesn't seem to work. And then we see later Margaret and Joshua are saving Tiffany, who's being thrown into this never ending pit with his wings ripped off because he uh, turned on death and they decide to make them their own son. They adopt him more or less. So Finn is able to stop new death with a note from Margaret that he got that read hold still. And then new death reveals that uh, he didn't even want the job. And from his memory that, uh, he became a new death by destroying the old death and then taking on that duty and that one of his hands is the old lich hand. So a lot of what he's doing is controlled by the lich. And so Finn and Jake realizing that whoever kills death takes on death, then get into an argument over who's going to kill death and take it on themselves. And then just at that time, Mr. Fox shows up and ends up slaying death accidentally with the staff and thus taking on the duties of death, which he seems cool with. And Jake stomps on the Lich Sword before it can be attached to Mr. Fox, throws it into outer space, and all the monsters that were uh, in the first Dead World disappear. So Finn tells Jake that after all this, he's accepted that he will go into reincarnation on his own, and he can leave Jake behind in the 50th Dead World. But as he is leaving, Jake realizes he isn't ready and decides he wants to be alive again with Finn. They fist bump, and the show ends with a title card reading, Finn and Jake are together again. And that is this episode. Brad, what did you think of it? Um, I liked it a lot. I don't know if I liked it as much as I enjoyed uh, Obsidian, which I think, I mean, I got like a few a few choke up moments, mostly at the end when Finn and Jake decide to be reincarnated again. That was a great moment. And it, I liked it especially because um, as Jake was floating away at the end, back to the 50th Dead World, I was like, how, how do we get... Um, uh, Beth and Shermie, how does that work? If and then that's how it works is he he's reincarnated. So clearly they they keep that going for some time. Okay, so overall I thought it was interesting. I saw after um, after this aired, I saw some complaints about the Lich being the villain in the end um, because it's just like going back to to a villain that they'd already dispatched a bunch. But you know, this was as much as um, come along with me was was fan servicey. This was fan service too, and that's what I think a lot of this is about. Is just like making us feel some closure for some of these characters that we didn't really get because there were so many characters to service at the end of the show. And I liked it. I really liked the uh, the animation that they did to show like all of the Lich's former incarnations and how we got to just hand Lich. 
so I, I liked it on that level. I thought it was a good way to wrap up the story between the two of these guys and let us know. And like at the end, you know, you might think like, ah, oh, they're just going back. It's the same thing, but they're going back to be different people. Like Adventure Time wasn't about Shoko. It was about Finn and Jake and the future of like Beth and Shermie is is Beth and Shermie and not Finn and Jake. So, you know, they're the same, but they're slightly different, actually quite a bit different. So, yeah, I, I liked it quite a bit. I have a lot more to say about it, but it's less important. I want to hear what Justin has to say about the episode before we um, dive into some other stuff. I've got some mixed feelings about it. Uh, I think I will say it was, I wasn't like super satisfied with, at the end. I, I, I was left with a lot to think about, but I didn't go, Oh, okay. I feel, I feel um, satiated now. Maybe like with the, with the very end, again, there was a, a little bit of emotional element to me. I, the most emotional I got was immediately uh, when he started doing the clap uh, in uh, uh, in in the Dead World um, because I you know I remembered that from you know ages and ages ago um, him doing that clap so that I thought that was that was great that he instantly knew what to do in that moment was um, and he'd been thinking about it for a while so uh, it wasn't one of this thing that he just sort of forgot about it was always like okay uh, when this when this happens. Uh, this is what I'll do. And, uh, I, so I, I, I liked that a lot, but there was just, there was a lot like, um, I, I liked the explanation of the Lich. I didn't really, I mean, it was, I, I thought it was pretty obvious. Um, most of this I think was pretty obvious for us, um, from the jump. As soon as you see the big, you know, gloved hand, I go, okay, um, that's, this is this the Lich is doing. Um, we sort of already knew going in, even though they didn't say it, that they were, uh, that they were dead, even though it was very surprising to, um, my wife and daughter, they both looked like, you know, literally turned mouth agape. Um, but I sort of, uh, expected them to go that route. Um, some of the voice acting I really liked. I liked the voice of, uh, old Finn. I did not like the voice of new death. Um, so yeah, it, there was. It was just it, the whole thing to me was kind of a mixed bag. Uh, Kevin, I want to hear what you have to say too. But I also did not like the voice of New Death. Um, uh, the voice of Old Finn was fun. I thought the voice of New Tiffany or New—it's the same Tiffany, but new voice for Tiffany because it's, the voice always has to stay young. I thought it was you could tell it was different, but I thought the new guy did a pretty good job. Um, but yeah, New Death, weird, like half shouty, definitely. Um, they uh, the the actor's name who who came to do it is a comedian named um hold on, i have it down here and then i uh chris fleming and they definitely i looked up some of his stuff they definitely just had him come in and be like do what you normally do and what he normally does felt a little pretty out of place for adventure time at least like this adventure time but kevin what do you think of the episode in general i really enjoyed it i think i liked it a little less than obsidian but i liked it more than uh the bebo one the first one uh, I, I do think it's funny that people kind of complain about fan service because to me, that's like the entire point of this entire mini series, this whole HBO series in general, the distant land stuff. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. And I also like that each one of them, these episodes sort of contain different versions of fan service. Like you had BMO in the first one, you had Marceline and princess bubblegum there, and none of them appear in this one. It's all about Finn and Jake. You get characters that meant. Uh, something to them in their lives, like their families, uh, Tiffany. And then even Mr. Fox, I thought was a really fun choice for the new version of death and being kind of the shepherd through the dead worlds. Um, 
and yeah, the new death I, I definitely saw was a character that most people didn't enjoy. I was, you know, okay with it. I guess you couldn't have had the same version of death. I don't know. Maybe it just seems like because they didn't have as contentious a relationship in the show that they wanted a new death or something. But yeah, it felt a little, it felt a little off, but I did enjoy seeing a lot of, uh, old characters, even just like for a brief moment, like your tree trunks and Mr. Pig or, um, choose goose guys like that. Um, or even like some of the skeletons that you would see in like the hallucinations, uh, and, and Shoko again. So from that perspective, it was a lot of fun. And I did think the, the ending was definitely a, a good emotional beat, but it makes you, and, and I guess if you tie it into what is come along with me in those future characters, you kind of see that as sort of like tying that together, which I do appreciate. But it does in some respects feel like we've just got one episode left and this sort of feels like almost the beginning of something new, but it probably isn't going to lead to that. So but all that to say, as a standalone thing, I did enjoy it uh, quite a bit. I don't know. I don't know that I had that many um, like issues with it, so to speak. But that's just, you know, that's just how I took it. I wonder if, like, okay, they tease the Dead Worlds throughout the proper show, right? Throughout Adventure Time. So so it makes sense that this episode would be about Finn and Jake in the afterlife. I wonder if the idea for the episode would have been much different if Miguel Ferrer, I actually don't know how to pronounce his last name, the, the bad guy from Iron Man 3, or one of the bad guys from Iron Man 3, the vice president. He died in 2017, and he was the voice of the original Death. Uh, which is why Death doesn't talk in like later episodes of Adventure Time or in this. And I wonder if the show would have, or if this episode would have evolved differently had he not died. I have to think that they wrote it, he, he passed away so long ago, that they conceived of it um, knowing that. You know, it's not right. like they wrote it and went, oh, well, now he's passed away. Right. I just wonder if like the evolution of the episode itself, because yeah, they probably didn't start writing it until a couple years after he died. So would the episode have have been much different if they didn't have to do like snake baby death. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. And uh, but just to, by the way, just to explain why his voice didn't work very well. Um, uh, in, in, in my opinion, it's, it has to do with a cadence of speech when you do this, this certain thing. Um, there's, there's a way you voice act. There's a way you project um, that he didn't do. And it's only noticeable when someone's not doing it. Um, the best recent example I can think of is Holly Hunter in the show uh, Mr. Mayor, uh, because there's a bunch of comedic actors, and she's just like a really talented actress. So it takes her – I've watched like, I don't know, like 10, 12 episodes of that show. Um, by, by episode 12, she's sort of getting it now. But in there the early sure stages – There are not 12 episodes of that show. There are way fewer uh, episodes than that. Uh, are there really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then I've seen like – how I get maybe I've seen all the episodes then I just sort of stopped watching it at some point. I just haven't circled back around to it. Uh, life stuff, you know? Um, but it, it's, um, by, by the end of the run, she's doing, she's got that sort of cadence down where she's not like acting, it's acting and projecting, you know, like you have to do it a certain way and you will, and everyone does it and you only notice it when someone's not doing it. Um, and she was not doing that very early. She was just acting as an, uh, really talented actress would. Um, and so there's like a missing piece where you're like, this guy's just talking. He's not doing the voice acting thing that literally every voice actor does. Uh, and so that's why I found it not only not very good, but like distracting at the same time. Um, but yeah, to your point, I, I, I don't know. 
I don't know story-wise or thematically what would have been different if it had been if it had just been old death. I don't really I didn't get much uh, thematically from being new death. Really, I didn't I didn't um, I guess that was my big issue with the, the whole episode is there was a lot of um, there was a lot of stuff that they could have covered or about you know selfishness versus selflessness and and a lot of avenues that they could have sort of told um, uh, more story or, or more cohesive message in it. And I just didn't, I, I didn't really find it in there. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, a couple different, first off, it's interesting that you bring a Polly Hunter in Mr. Mayor. Cause I also think that that performance is super weird. It reminds me of, especially because the show is made by all the same people who make 30 rock. It reminds me of someone who comes on to do a one-off cameo. So when they don't fit, so much with the vibe of the rest of the show it doesn't matter so much because it's supposed to be like look at this real quick and then move on to something else but holly hunter's in every episode and the only episode that really worked for me with her was when she and bobby moynihan went on a road trip um i thought that was hilarious yeah but, and she's looking she's looking directly to camera and basically shouting her lines because she's in a car and that's what it's the difference between if you're acting you would say what are you doing if you're in a sitcom you have to go what are you doing? Like everything has a different enunciation. And when you're not doing it, everyone else is doing it. It's distracting. Yeah. I never would have made the connection of like that and death here. Cause I don't think that my issue with death is quite the same as yours. I just think, I, I mean, it definitely was a cadence problem for me. It was like, he's talking quietly and then he's shouting and then he's talking quietly and then he's shouting. And I went and watched his, um, he has this sketch. The actor has this sketch series on youtube called gail where he plays gail water waters who's a woman who um she and her husband have the same last name but she made him hyphenated anyway which is like a funny that's like a funny top line gimmick but then he's just i just don't find that character very funny or, or but it is it's the same cadence how he'll just like all of a sudden as gail get very upset and start screaming and then stop um but also in response to the thematic thing, what I also found interesting about this, which they didn't do in Obsidian quite as much, and they kind of didn't do it in BMO quite as much, was this really felt like those um, two-parter Adventure Time episodes, even though this was technically four parts, were at the end of, or even like the, um, more like the miniseries, like uh, Islands and stuff, where there would be a cliffhanger every 10 minutes, and then there would be a cut to black where Cartoon Network could go to commercial. And that was pretty um pronounced in this episode like when jake and finn reunite for the first time jake asks who's jake and then it cuts to black uh so that you know if that was an episode on adventure time and they go to commercial that's like an exciting place to go to commercial um so this and plus the intro where we got the original adventure time um opening which we didn't get in either of the other two distant lands episodes this really felt like a bunch just like a bunch of episodes of adventure time um, so I think it's good that come along with me was the finale because while this was, I think a perfectly appropriate end of the story, it didn't have the emotional beats that come along with me did. So in the end, I'm kind of glad the way it all turned out. It's like a nice coda, but not necessarily as emotionally satisfying of a finale. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And that's to me what this whole series kind of feels like. It's not like an epilogue to adventure time as much as it is placing it where it needs to be in the timeline of cartoon network and like, come along with me as the end. And that's, that's that, you know, unless they decide to do something that is explicitly an epilogue to that. But as a coda, I think you're right. It's much more enjoyable than 
than uh, another part or, or a finale, so to speak, than Come Along With Me was. Yeah, it's um, and another thing we should I, I think is important is defining fan service, what that actually means. I think what a lot of people think fan service means is that it's um, uh, you're you're just doing you're, you're taking one thing that or these little things that, that just fans had uh, questions about and answering just those concerns. I think it's a little broader than that. Um, I think the idea is that fan service is where you're more interested in pleasing the fans you have than creating new ones. Like I would argue the entire last season of parks and recreation is fan service because they're more interested in, in getting more, uh, they're more interested in pleasing the fans they have than potentially gaining new fans for that reason. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think there's, you know, plenty, especially if it's, if it's popular, um, you know, it, it can stagnate, leave some weird choices, i.e., you know, uh, any, all the major American wrestling companies, um, or like a three-year time jump in parks and recreation where they have weird <laughs> technology that doesn't exist in three years. I, I don't like the last <laughs> season of parks and recreation. I, I think there's an, uh, there, there is stuff in there, but again, I think there's, a, there is, um, that's, that's the inherent problem with, with fan service is that I think you feel like you have to achieve less as long as we do hit these beats um, or we, we, we show these certain things, ah, that'll be fine. As long as John Ralphio pops up or as long as um, uh, you know, uh, as you know, whatever we do, we'll show all these throwback characters from adventure time uh, that people haven't seen in ages. We'll vaguely reference dirt beer guy. And, you know, we'll do the clap from, from 10 years ago, and that'll please them. And generally speaking, um, it, it, it does, but it doesn't satisfy in the way just a well-told story uh, would have or a, uh, a, a deeper story. This is death. This is literally life and death. And I feel like there's, there was a, a, a meteor, more interesting story to be told other than one last adventure in death. Oh, actually, we're just going to adventure forever. You know, like there, there's context that can be added to that that I don't feel I didn't feel very attached to here. Um, so I, I think it's fair to say that there was definitely like money left on the table in terms of emotional impact. Um, so what you're saying is totally valid. Um, but I, I got enough out of this that I I was like happy when it was over and I was happy watching it. I think the most interesting deep cut. And I don't know if like it was so easy for us to pick up on it because we watched every single thing and even like read some of the comics and were really deep into Adventure Time. But the character of life at all did not appear in a single regular episode of Adventure Time. You only know who life is ahead of time if you watched the shorts because she showed up in two different sets of shorts. Oh, that's where I've seen her. I was yeah. like, what episode was she in? None. She was in Frog Seasons, and she was in um, The Gift That Keeps Reaping, or The Gift That Reaps Giving. That's right. Um, so when I realized that, I was like, wow, that's a real reward for folks who, um, and that's where I'm thinking of like fan service. It's like, uh, although, it, as you mentioned, a different sort of like understanding of fan service than what you're talking about. But that's a real reward just for people who really got into everything Adventure Time had to offer on television or DVD. But I think even if you're someone new who on HBO Max stumbles onto it, like you don't need to know who life is. Like there's enough context. Also, I thought the design of her realm was so cool. Where it was like yeah. the primordial spout where where life probably in reality started. Um, 
and the evolu- evolving fish and, and even like the sad beetle spirit. I like that maybe more than I liked the pre-life area in Seoul, although I think Seoul's pretty good. But um, yeah, uh, I, I, anyway, there's enough context in that in that scene that you don't you don't need to know that she and death got together in the gift that reaps giving and uh it's enough you like okay life and death are a couple that you can put that together yourself yeah that's the best fan service i think where if you saw it it's awesome and if you didn't like peppermint butler sets it up perfectly enough and there's enough explanation in the actual scene itself for it to that you don't need that to enjoy it at all that's the key uh, to any fan oh, service, right? Like the, the key to fan service is just um, making sure that, like, like the like the clap, they they explain it right afterward, or there's enough context in those moments that you don't want to lose. Um, it, it's like reading, it's like you're reading a comic and, and it has to divert to some big event, you know, like um, like I'm I'm reading a, a Magneto comic right now that uh, it diverts and it goes to like uh, the Red Skull, like has Charles Xavier's brain. And it comes back, and I, I'm not reading any of that. <laughs> I have to read it without that context. So you have to write it as if they don't need that, um, which is tricky, but you're right. I think they did a great job of, of – uh, you, you didn't need it, but if you knew who it was or felt familiar, it was very rewarding. Right. And then speaking of which, the biggest laugh I got in this episode, just speaking of the Peppermint Butler, is when Peppermint Butler told Finn he already had his bones. I lost it. That was oh. so – like true to the yeah, character yeah. and dark. I loved it. My biggest laugh actually came before that. He's like, what spell are you doing? Bone spell. Of course you need bones for yeah, a bone that, spell. That was good too. <laughs> that was good too. You know what made this stand out from the other episodes of Distant Lands 2 and what really made the flashback feel like a classic episode was that the snail was present. Right. In the flashback or in the uh, rundown of the Lich's past. That was well, cool. Well, so no, and he appeared twice in the hallucination at the beginning of the episode. That's pretty crazy. So actually, I wonder if there's even a fourth appearance of the snail, because this is like sort of four episodes. You know, there's four segments of this episode. Right. Although, and, you're... and I agree with you, too. Like, it did feel like this was more segmented than the other ones. Like, it felt like four episodes of Adventure Time than one uh, Distant Lands episode. Right. Oh, I, I just found another another good laugh I got was that Mr. Fox gave everybody a hypoallergenic pillow at the end of the episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. What else? Title card. Uh, realizing it was a dream. Oh, yeah, you realize it was a dream right away. I think Finn has my, his arm my, even. Well, my biggest laugh, real quick, while you're going through yeah, that, yeah. was um, uh, a vat of uh, boiling ice. The <laughs> idea of boiling ice, I enjoyed. Um, yeah, Ice King was really funny in this. Oh, okay. So let's talk about. I mean, a, a lot of my my notes are like. I mean, we could talk about like how do you think Jake and Finn died? I don't think it really matters. Um, but I do what I do. Justin touched on this earlier, but Adam Mudo, um, the creator or the current showrunner of Adventure Time and Distant Lands, said that uh, the only reason that this didn't come out last is because HBO Max ordered Wizard City last. So Wizard City is probably just going to be like a romp. It's probably not going to be anything particularly profound. Not a lot of meat on the bone in that one, probably. I mean, who knows? I, I guess, like, I mean, there's a lot to mind there with Simon, although we already have Marceline's resolution. Unless he's lying. Yeah, he could be lying. He could be lying. Uh, that was a, a kind of a thought I had after I realized it was still there, and I read that. I was like, hmm, he could be lying. Because <laughs> you wouldn't, what does that mean? Like, does that mean they commissioned three? They pitched a fourth? They went, oh, yeah, yeah, just throw that on the pile. 
I don't understand. Maybe. I mean, yeah, that's like, that's what happened with. So what happened? This there's an interesting analog with on Netflix the show Middleditch and Schwartz. Um, as much as I'm loath to talk about Thomas Middleditch right now, but really I'm just talking about Netflix production. They filmed four Middleditch and Schwartz specials, but then Netflix only aired three. But they have this fourth one in the can that could come out at any time. It definitely won't now that Thomas Middleditch is a scumbag. But back before we knew that, and the show was just hilarious, there, there was always the possibility that could happen. Um, so maybe that's what happened here. Yeah. What do we think about, just a little bugaboo I had while watching the episode, the fact that Tree Trunks, after all the suffering she caused on Ooh, to me anyway, <laughs> lives in what is essentially her version of heaven with all of her exes, except Wyatt, of course. I don't think that's fair. Life isn't fair. It's not. That's that's wrong. It really, it really upsets. Not, and and death is. I know there's this thing where we want like death and um, uh, you know, to to be the the uh the uh what do I want to say the cosmic balancing. You know, if you were a lousy person, if you were a a selfish person in life, then your your death should involve selflessness or just at the very least addressing the, the, the behavior there. And uh, I, th- it makes me think of doing a lot of references today. Uh, there's a line in uh, Malcolm in the middle of all things where there's an episode where uh, the husband, Hal finds out that uh, his wife Lois doesn't believe in an afterlife. And he's plagued by this because he always thought they would spend eternity together. And he says at one point, so where is justice? doled out to 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 evil people and she goes right here on earth if i have anything to say about it um and i think about that a lot as my as part of my sort of baked in reality which is um i don't expect death to solve all those like uh moral um i i don't expect the a death to be all that different um, from life when it comes to what people deserve or don't deserve so um if they don't get it in life Death can be anything. And in this case, uh, rewarding someone for being pretty selfish. I just, look, I personally don't, I'm with Lois. I think that justice <laughs> should be served on Earth. Justice was not served to tree trunks on Earth. In this world, there is an afterlife, and tree trunks, uh, it's not fair. I think I was um, more bothered that Choose Goose was down in the mud with White than anything. That guy. Well, he got, but he got out in the end. He did, but I'm, I mean, that at, at the beginning, like, sure, maybe he is annoying on certain level but he's certainly not as bad as wyatt well we learned in obsidian that he's a criminal so oh wow there is that and magda you know like good lord awful person awful person (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's all i've got we're not going to do a second bit we 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 get we didn't give up on bravest warriors i've seen it all but it's whatever we're not talking about it anymore i'll just briefly mention uh that I well, actually let's let's do let's do this first. Kevin, you mentioned the snails. Let me just real quick run through uh, the guest voices. Like I mentioned, uh, Fleming is uh, New Death. Colin Dean, who replaced Vincenzo Rauso, was here replaced uh, as the voice of Tiffany by Ariane Simhadri. And as I mentioned, you can tell, but it's not bad. I did uh, not did notice. He, I'm willing to admit that I assumed um, it was the same voice actor who had gotten older. Didn't notice. Yeah, nope, different person who who you'll see in stuff. I, I I looked him up. I recognize the kid. He's in like a lot of kid stuff now. Um, David Bradley was the voice of Old Finn doing an incredible American accent that he really only lost once. Um, he said uh, something with a with an R that sounded more British, but he did a great job as Old Finn. 
And then just real quick, the Andy Daly was Wyatt, Polly Livingston in her final performance before she passed away as Tree Trunks. Corrine Kampa, Kempa was Life. It used to be Hinden Walsh, although I actually didn't remember Life ever speaking in the shorts, but apparently she did. Um, Ron Lynch is Mr. Pig. Ron Perlman is the Lich. Tom Sharpling is Jerome. Ken Osborne as Joshua. And Maria Bamford as many voices, but specifically as Margaret. That's it for Distant uh, for Distant Lands for now. Um, I watched season one of Infinity Train, I just want to mention, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. And I was all geared up and ready to watch season two when I learned that every season is its own story and the main characters of each are, that's it? They get swapped out for supporting no, characters? Not, oh. well, sort of, but not exactly. Okay, so I should keep watching. Yeah. Do, I mean, do you know who the lead in the second season is? It's yeah, it's like the the mirror version of the girl in the first season. Yeah. So there, there's always, except for the last one, there's always a thread that gets left in the previous season that gets pulled in the next one. Okay. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll get to it because I don't have any other cartoons on the horizon in the meantime. But season one was good. Not not didn't blow me away, but it was good. Yeah. You gonna let me tell you where the snails are or what? I thought you already said. No, I. So it's in the hallucination, but it's there kind of twice. So it's on Ice King's like scale that has Turtle Princess and LSP. And then later when the bird is carrying Finn and Jake back to their house, you get like an overview of the bird's nest and it has like some skulls and stuff in it. The snail is one of the skulls among some other cameos. The only one I remember was Dirt Beer Guy was amongst them. And then you saw them again as amongst one of the Lich's past forms in that uh, in the scene that you mentioned. So, yeah, you get kind of kind of three snails in this episode. Cool. All right. Well, let's take the next couple minutes and you guys can talk about whatever you feel like talking about. And if that's just saying what your social media is, that's fine, too. But Kevin, why don't you get us started? So I actually got a couple other things going on on Enter the Real World. So this month, Jerome and I are we're, we're doing a bunch of interstitial stuff before the final season of Better Call Saul airs. So we're doing Barry season one this month, season two next month. And then in August, him and I discussed our top 10 favorite Simpsons episodes. So that's what's coming on. From us, and on Twitter, I am at KFord13. And go listen to my other podcasts if you haven't already, including this podcast. There's like 80 episodes-ish. We cover all of the Cartoon Network series and the other distant lands. So go check those out if you haven't already. Justin. I'm at Justin J. Houston on Twitter. I have a YouTube account, Deep and Meaningless. Uh, I don't really do anything on either one of those. I don't I do not do any other podcast uh anymore i do this one and i always look forward to it uh so you should uh listen to, to all of them and tell us how how good they are and uh and yeah go watch infinity train uh go watch bad batch uh just keep watching i'm like 34 years old animation's great don't be a baby uh don't be one of those people that's like nah i can't watch cartoons well you know you're sad I'm so glad you said that because I was listening to the Big Picture podcast. It's my favorite movie podcast. Uh, it's a ringer pod. And um, one of the hosts of the show is a big animation guy. They actually just did an episode of their top five animated movies. And they brought on, um, because the other co-host hates animation, they brought on these other two guys um, whose names I can't remember right now. But Sean Fennessy is the host who likes animation. And they gave some great recommendations for animated films. Um and I sort of agreed with their lists, which is all you can really ask for. But yeah, the other the other host is always bagging on animation. It's like 
and saying like grow up watch something for adults like you grow up people it's art you can't you you comment on things don't yuck other people's yum Ugh, made me very upset i have not gotten into bad batch but maybe i will i'm still in clone wars i'm on season four which is which stinks because like i see every top 10 list is like end of season four till the end and very season seven heavy. So like, I'm still not at the really good stuff yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you really need, um, and that's where they first show up that group, the bad batch, right? They right. show up in clone wars. And right. I will so, say, I'm trying, I'm trying to get a friend of mine in a clone wars too. Um, because it's, it's really good. And then it kind of like, then you just get four episodes of like a, a bunch of robots, like banging into each other. And you're like, oh right. The actual um, Clone Wars are quite boring. That that was like my like I was watching season one a little bit, season two. I'm like, where's this amazing show everyone told me I was waiting for? And like I realized, oh wait, it's the later stuff that's like supposedly the really good stuff. It's Darth Maul, baby. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah, and and um, the same with uh, that show Rebels, and and honestly, the same guy. Like you know, right. you, you get some Maul, and you get a you you just get this healthy dose of madness that you need yeah. in those shows. There's this cool thing in the final season. I mean, this is like well-trod ground at this point, but in the final like supplemental season of uh, Clone Wars, they did this fight between Darth Maul and um, what's her name? Rosario Dawson. What's her name in the show? Ahsoka. Ahsoka. That was, it's the only fight in the show that was modeled by real people doing motion capture and they animated it off of that. Uh, or, or with that as reference. And it really shows. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Looks, it looks great. Okay, well, I'm Brad Garoon. Um, I don't do any other podcasts either. Right now, if you're into professional wrestling, I'm on bradgaroon.com reviewing every single title change for every single title. Now into Japanese women's wrestling, although about to shift and back to American women's wrestling. I love the ladies. I'm Dave, you're call also, me Dave Prazak. You've also been very heavy on a letterbox lately. Oh, my God, Letterboxd. Oh, that's a cool project. If you're interested at all and you have Letterboxd, if you don't have Letterboxd, you should get it. Yeah, I'm doing every day this year. I'm doing I'm watching a movie um, in honor of something that happened on that day. So today uh, that we are recording this is why it's June 5th is Denmark Constitution Day, which is the closest thing they have to an Independence Day. So I'm watching the Danish film The Hunt starring Mads Mikkelsen. Um, yesterday was uh, Tiananmen Square protest Memorial Day. So I watched Sunrise over Tiananmen Square, which is a very good little documentary animated documentary. And like what Keanu Reeves' birthday is coming up in September. I'll watch John Wick because I've never seen that. Uh, it's a fun thing if you want to do that along with me. I'm, I'm trying to only watch movies that are available on like the streaming services that most people have or can get easily. I also recommend the streaming services Hoopla and Canopy with a K because uh, those, those you can if you, you should get a library card to your local library and then you can rent movies off of those um, services for free. And they're movies that generally are like on Amazon for pay. So it's a good way to get free movies and support your local library. Yeah. Um, and I'm at Garoongate on Twitter, G-A-R-O-O-N-G-A-T-E. Thank you for flooping the pig. I floop the pig. You watch a new movie every day? Yeah, I wake up early every morning and watch a movie. What a life.